welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey Kingdom Culture family, so good to see you today. I really hope that you've been enjoying the last several weeks from the archives. I know I've heard so much good feedback on those. Well, of course, all the interviews that we've been doing. You know, we really try to bring relevant content to you each week. Messages that we believe God is still speaking today. I know for some, it's kind of weird. Like, why hasn't Sean come at us with something fresh? As I said, there are some messages out there that I just really feel like are just as powerful today as they were in previous years. The plan today actually was that I was going to come to you uh, with a fresh word. I had a word, but due to some unfortunate circumstances, I had to pull something again from the archives. And listen, you got to listen to this. I am so excited about this message. I came across this message and I just felt like from God, this was a now word for us. It was a now word then, and it's a now word for us now. So, uh, so prophetically significant uh, for this time. And for many of you that have been tracking with us since we were at our uh, original building on Ogilvy, this message will really probably hit home in a different way. In fact, this message that I'm going to show you in just a few moments was spoken August 28th, 2015 almost exactly to the day, five years ago. You heard a message from Zoe recently, Zoe Lilly out of Brazil. Uh, We had a conversation, a powerful conversation. One of the things that stood out to me was when she said, the bamboo grows five years underground before it ever shoots up uh, and becomes visible to everything around it. I thought that was so powerful. And this message was five years ago where we just launched a brand new series called The Resistance. The Resistance. For those of you that were with us back then, you remember this. And this was the day I actually announced to our church that we were leaving our building. It was just, I think it was one week after uh, we got the phone call that we had to be out within two months. And so this message comes at a time exactly five years ago when we were launching to become a mobile organization and we lost our building and this was that announcement. I share some significant uh, dreams and encounters that I had along this journey. I know it's going to encourage you. I know it's powerfully going to impact you. I want to encourage you, open up your heart, open up your mind. It doesn't have to be a word today, live and fresh. It can be just as powerful uh, today as it was five years ago. So my prayer for you today, for you this morning, is that this would be a word that would shape you, that would sculpt you, transform your life, and give you perspective for the process that you are currently living in. Check this out. It's the launch of our Resistance series entitled, What Did He Say? The Challenges 
of change. Enjoy it. with me on this journey okay today today is a very important day it's a very important weekend and uh, we're launching into a series called the resistance everyone say that out loud resistance resistance and you know I the premise of this series really centers around the idea that in life there are oftentimes the things we most resist tests challenges that come our way uh, opposition, obstacles, hurdles that may stand in front of us, that may try to intimidate us, are often the very things that we need to have in our life so that our life can be totally changed and transformed. And so we often will look at resistance as a bad thing. Oh, so-and-so is resisting me, or this situation's happening and I feel resistance. When really... If we've let Jesus into our life, we can fully trust that God is not surprised by the resistance that you feel. And in fact, I believe it's in your best interest to see that resistance as a part of your life being changed for the better. And so resistance is actually a good thing when we have God in our life. Resistance in our life without God present in our life or out without us allowing God to be the the lead in our life can be a hard thing because we got to do it by ourselves but the moment you let God in man you got and you have the key to overcome anything the the spiritual or scriptural premise for this is acts 1920 Acts 19.20. This is a four-week series. I believe it's going to be one of the most important series leading up to this next season in the fall. And you'll know why. But Acts 19 verse 20 out of the voice translation says, Again, word spread and the message of the Lord overcame resistance and spread powerfully. Overcame resistance and spread powerfully. I, everything good in your life for it to be good truly in your life, had to at one point overcome resistance. The change that you that took place in your physical body had to overcome some form of resistance, whether it was dietary, whether it was exercise, whatever it may be, there's always resistance to the good things in our life. And in this context, we see the purpose of heaven manifest in the message of God overcoming resistance. It, until it overcame resistance, it didn't spread powerfully. Interesting. Resistance will always come against anything good and everything good in your life. If you have a desire to be successful in an area, you will encounter resistance. Now, let's just jump into this this morning out of Mark 4. This is my my. The premise for my whole message out of Mark 4, and I've, over the years, I would say that probably since 2004, maybe, since I started traveling, uh, I, this was a life, this passage in Mark 2, 3, and 4 became like sort of a life passage, and uh, it was a life message for me, and I'm going to look at this passage, though, a little bit differently, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about it a little bit differently than if you've heard me talk about this passage in the past, so I want to encourage you to take notes, but go to Mark 4, Mark 4, verse 35, out of the New King James, it says this, on the same day when evening had come, now just stop there for a second, because 
the, the same day is very important because in this context, Jesus had been teaching his disciples about the kingdom, about kingdom life, about understanding the kingdom, of what the kingdom can be compared to, illustrations of, of the kingdom of heaven and uh, the, the purpose of the kingdom in your life. He's explaining, he's teaching. And in Mark 3, he'd already, already established this, this network of relationship with his disciples, chose a few disciples, 12 of them, called them to himself. It's in Mark 3. And then he, he taught, he, he, he let them into his life. They had relationship. They began relationship. Then it says he sent them out. He sent them out with authority and power to cast out devils and heal the sick. So, so they had what they need needed at this point to do the impossible. They had it. And then they started getting instruction on understanding what they really have, understanding how the kingdom works. So now it says on the same day. Very important we get that because on the same day, in the same season, in the season that God has given us something new, in that same season, God will then give you or put you into or push you into a challenge to see if you really got it. He'll, he'll create a situation or give you space to now practice what you say you've received. So on the same day, on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Remember that. And they woke, up, they, they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea Obey him. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down in your notes. Message title for today. What did he say? What did he say? The challenge or the challenges of change. The challenges of change. Father, I just pray that you'd help us this morning really see through all the challenges in our life right now. Any challenge. Any challenge that may be present right now in our circumstance, help us to see through it. And to see the challenge as a part of changing the inside of who we are. Transforming us in Jesus' name. Amen. How many, have any how many have challenges in their life right now? Well, if you don't have any challenges, you're probably not on the road to success in any area of your life. There will always be challenges, whether it's relationally, in your career. Challenges because you should have a goal in mind of where you want to be in the next two years, one year, three years. So to get there, you will have challenges and resistance to overcome to, uh, towards that achieving that purpose or achieving that, that, that dream or that goal that you have in your life. And, and really, this whole message really, I, I guess... And it's something that we can't escape, you guys. We can't talk about it enough. You might be like, we talk about this a lot. Well, we did a whole series on it, actually, in the fall called In the Waiting Room, talking about process and how th there's always a process to everything in life. And that's where, a lot of the time, that's where the pain is. And if we can't see past the pain in the process, we'll never achieve our purpose. And every, part, every process has pain. Every process has tests and challenge. And, and, and this message really is about that because in the process, 
process of moving towards our God's calling in our life, we are being challenged to change all the time. We're always being challenged to change. And, and in the process, I believe this, the way that you handle process in life will determine your ability to embrace the full beauty of your purpose. What do I mean by that? Let's picture this, okay? Anybody ever been on a date before in here? Okay, only a few of you. Okay. Well, let's just use this as an illustration for a second because many of you might be able to relate to this. You may have the purpose. You're going to go on a date with your spouse or on a date with your fiance or on a date with your girlfriend or boyfriend, okay? Or on a date with like a weird uh, uh, friend date, okay? Just you're hanging out with your friend. And you, you have this, this goal in mind to have this nice candlelight dinner. You have this ideal, this purpose, this goal to have this amazing experience. You're going to have deep conversation. You're going to engage. You're really going to connect in a way that you never have before. It's going to be awesome. Okay? So you have this goal. It's the starting point. It's the promise. It's the, the goal. It's, the pur- it's achieving your purpose. But then you get into the car and you begin the process to getting towards your purpose, your destination. And how many know that in the car, everything can change? Okay? I'm talking about all of a sudden that you have the challenge now of, okay, you, if, you go, if you go certain places in conversation, you might begin to have battles that aren't even supposed to be your battles. And if you take up those battles, then in the process of leading to your destination, to your purpose, you're, the whole dynamic of your heart and your spouse's heart will change and you will not be able to embrace the fullness and the beauty of that date that you set out to have. You know what I'm talking about? See, how we embrace the process, how we move through the challenges, picking our battles, saying, you know what, I don't talk about that, or, or, or just how we handle the process determines often how we, our, our ability to embrace the beauty of our, our purpose. It's so important that we get this. I, I feel like we need to major more, and I think that we talk a lot about purpose, but if we could major more on process, I believe we will all just run into our purpose. We'll just run into it. We'll just run into it. We don't have to, I mean, it's good that we need to have goals, we need to have purpose, we need to have like, you know, a vision. But more than that, if we can be present in walking through the process and walking through and, and, and seeing challenges and resistance as part of God changing us, as part of our life getting prepared to achieve our purpose, we'll just run into our purpose. You follow me? You can get so focused on, let's say, exercise, for example, that you have this ideal to be a certain way, I look a certain way. You have this ideal, this goal, but if you can just really work through your challenges in the process, you'll just run into it eventually. You with me? So, you know, resistance is good. Challenges are good. Really, let's go to Psalms 55 for a second, 19. Psalms 55 verse 19. The psalmist is writing here in this passage about these uh, people that are opposing him, and he's kind of really complaining but he's just talking about the people that are opposing him and he's looking for justice and there's probably some frustration in his heart and he's describing these people that are opposing him kind of like enemies in his life and it's it says this because in them there has been no change of heart they do not fear revere or worship God in the message it says but set in their ways they won't change how many know people besides you that are set in their ways? I didn't say that, beside you. 
how many know people in general that are just set in their ways, right? So opportunity to, for change comes or, 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 or uh, uh, something begins that resistance comes for the purpose of changing you and, and you kind of, you resist, you resist the change. You, you resist moving through the challenge and you don't see the fact that the whole challenge and the resistance you're facing is so that God can change you from the inside out. And this is the reality, and I want to say this, and it's a, it's a heavy truth for you to swallow, okay? That change, your ability to change with God and change allowing God to lead you or change just in life in general. You may be in this room, you may not have let God in yet, but your changing in general is a sign that you honor or revere and worship God, your creator, that you, that you honor and reveal that there's something greater than you that is a part of creating this situation in your life or designing this circumstance or something, someone greater than you that's allowed you and allowing you to face these challenges in this process. If we do not change, and it's so sad because I see it in the church all over the place, like, it's like if we just keep doing the same thing the way that we've always done it and never adapt then it's a sign that we truly don't really honor God. And we don't allow God in. The reality of it is, guys, listen, I mean, the most important part, the most important mandate of the church in this season is not to maintain the status quo of church culture. It's to reach the ever-changing, ever-moving culture of our city. And, and we can't do that if we're not inside always changing. Because we're always changed from the inside out. Something has to happen inside the tree before people see the fruit outside of the tree. The sap's working. The, something's happening inside with the root system so that the fruit can become visible. So if we don't allow inside all of us, if we don't allow God to change and mold us and sculpt us and bring us on a journey of change moving through resistance, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. This word for change means to go forward. It means to grow up. It means to sprout. It means to, to be renewed. We want to be renewed as we change. I, you know, and I was thinking about this. I'm like, we, change is a, is a fight, isn't it? It's a fight. It's a fight to change. How many have something right now in their life that, that you know you have to change in this area or you have to adapt in this area, but you feel like there's a little bit of a fight? And you can look at the fight because of how long it's taking you to cross over to the other side. You can look at it. If you, you might be like, well, I'm not really fighting. Well, you're fighting by just prolonging the time frame of the inevitable, right? Yeah. It's like the person that says, okay, you know, New Year's is coming. So, okay, starting January 1st, right now, it's like not even September yet. I'm going to get in shape. <laughs> it's like, just do it now. Stop prolonging the inevitable. Because if you look at that, then really what you're doing is you're saying, you know what? I'm actually fighting time right now. I'm fighting a battle I don't even need to fight. It's very obvious I need to change. I just need to do it. I just need to jump in and do it. I just need to dive in. Get myself wet. Stop dipping your toe in the river. Just jump in. Jump in. Not all things are going to line up perfectly. Yes, in change, there will be some mess. In change, there will be struggle. But hey, it's better for you in the end. But it's a fight. I was, uh, when Michelle and I were in L.A. recently, I, uh, I, I was in the Ottawa airport, and, and uh, I, I just come out of security. This has never happened to me before. I came out of security, and the first person I talked to at a store, I was buying some earphones, looked at me and said, are you an MMA fighter? 
He was serious. He was convinced I was an MMA fighter. And I, I was like, no, but I'd never been asked that before. So it kind of caught me off guard. My wife was like, yeah, that's right. It's my husband. And, uh, and I, I, it was super encouraged, actually. I'm not going to lie. I was super encouraged. I was like, this is awesome. And uh, are you an MMA fighter? And um, I said no. And he began to talk to me. Anyways, I thought it was really interesting, really weird. But the crazy thing, and I know that I've known this over the course of my life with God, that when things begin to happen in twos and threes, begin to pay attention. Five days later, so this is Ottawa going to L.A. Now I'm coming back from L.A. I'm in the L.A. airport. I get out of security. Same exact scenario. I get out of security. The first person I see at a store, I was buying some food this time. First person I see looks at me and says, are you a professional wrestler? I'm like, and she, but this time she was convinced Almost in a way that, like, are you sure? Like, no, no, I, I've seen you. You're, you're not. Are you sure? Like, you're not a professional wrestler. I'm like, no. And, and then by the third time, I'm like, I'm definitely saying yes. I'm just gonna like sign autographs. But anyways, I, I was super. I was thinking about this. I'm like, this is not coincidence. Like, in Ottawa, I'm leaving security. This happens. I'm in LA, leaving security. On the same trip, I get asked twice if I'm like a fighter, basically. So I started thinking about the season, and I didn't know what was about to come in the season, but I. Change is something that we have to fight for. It really is. You have, to, you have to prepare like you're preparing for a fight. I was looking at like MMA fighters, and, and I got really interested, UFC fighters. and They actually said like the, the real experts say, the real the fighters that have won championships say that it's 10% physical and 90% mental. That you, you're already winning the fight in your mind before you get into the ring. If you focus all of your energy on this and less of your energy on this, which is a higher perspective, which is the most powerful perspective, you will probably lose the fight before you even go into the ring. They say 90% mental. So I'm thinking about this. I'm like, we're going into a season of change. At this point, I didn't understand the, the, the realities around it, but I just knew something. God, God was about to do something interesting because one week prior to this, one Saturday prior to me leaving to L.A., I have this dream, and in this dream, I I was in a, a in a like a service, and we were it was during like the ministry time, and I was frustrated. I was like frustrated. There was like something we were not breaking through. We were not like there was no something was off, and we weren't pushed. There was something that was stopping us from moving through and breaking through. And so I'm in this dream, and I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm getting frustrated. Why aren't we breaking through? What's the problem? And uh, I look, and there's this this um, woman that was there and uh i could describe it to you no, nobody that i know obviously in the natural but there's a woman there and right away i knew she was the problem she was a witch she was a witch and this is the room there was a witch and she was doing stuff in the room and uh, you know what i want you to know before i continue this dream is that uh let me just step back for a second people are never actually the problem it's what's influencing people that is always the problem it's, it's always what's up here that's the problem. We think our battle's right here. We think our battle, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this, gossip this, gossip backstab this, and that's the problem. But really, they're just the vehicle that the gas is fueling. The influence is up here. Ephesians is very clear that our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. In other words, let me just give you a demonology 101. There is a battle up here that actually has already been won on the cross, but it doesn't mean that it won't still try to affect you. 
Our whole wrestle in life is against the lies that you need to enter a battle that's not even really yours. I don't have time to go into this more. But anyway, so I'm in this dream, and I'm seeing this witch, and immediately like, I lunge towards her. And she, she, uh, she looks at me and says these words. She says, you're the real deal. You're not a fake. You're the real deal. But what you're doing is useless, that she told me. And it, and it like, affected me. And it, 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 I kind of felt a little bit intimidated in that moment. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, am I, this is in my dream. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, is what we're doing? Because I remember in the dream, I was, like, frustrated. Like, things weren't moving uh, uh, forward. And so all of a sudden, it clicked. This is, this is, a, this is like a spiritual battle. I'm not battling with this person. This is a spiritual battle playing with my mind right now. All of a sudden, I had this like Hulk moment, and I went over to her, and I grabbed her. I said, look at me in the eyes, and then I literally started rebuking her, this, this spirit. of this spirit. I started rebuking it, and the moment I started rebuking it, okay, she like flew over into these chairs. I flew over onto the stage, and it was like we were both like somewhat un unconscious for a few moments, and when I got up, she was gone. And I asked the people, where'd the witch go? She said, the witch went to the hospital. So in my dream, I'm like, yeah, I put the witch in the hospital, right? Like, I, I, I you know, we, we won in that sense, you know? Once again, it's, remember, we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, against people, but against the things that are influencing people. We won that battle. And so that was Saturday before I went to L.A., before I had this whole thing about the fighter, the whole thing. And so I know, I knew going into it that, hey, there's something about this next season that it's like we're preparing for a fight. We have to have mental strength and focus in this next season so i'm putting all these pieces together so hold that in your in your heart go back to acts 19 verse 20 oh lord help me with time here acts 19 verse 20 see part of me like sometimes on sunday when i get into this mode i wish i could just literally wear a teacher hat and teach you for like an hour and a half because i love this this domain that i'm entering into right now is like my teaching the teaching part of me like in my schools where we'll do like really in-depth teaching where your mind gets blown and then we like you know oh my gosh like god is so big you know but i just i can't do that as much so please help me god slow down time right now in jesus name um Acts 19.20, it says here, again, word spread, and the message of the Lord overcame resistance and spread powerfully. Now, what you don't know is, right before this verse, the story goes like this. It's so, so powerful. Right before resistance was overcome, okay, do you know what happened right before that? They had just burned, okay, several, according to Scripture, you can read it, the verses before this, several million dollars, it says, in the New Living Translation, several million dollars worth of incantation books, books of witchcraft, books of dark magic, books of sorcery. They had just burned it. Once they had dealt with this spiritual, you with me? Spiritual wickedness and darkness. Then it says they overcame resistance. Then everything began to change. What am I saying to you is that when we move and, and we, we come up against resistance and change, what will try to stop us from seeing the change that God's called us to see is these intimidating voices, fear, insecurity, all these things, idolatrous things and, and sexual immorality, all, all these big things begin to come into play to begin to stop us because the devil does not want us to overcome resistance. He doesn't want that message to spread powerfully. Because once it does, guess what? The earth begins to change. And the enemy begins to lose control and lose authority. Are you with me? 
So let's continue on here. It's funny because actually this word prevailed, this word actually overcame. In other translations is the word prevailed, and it actually means to engage the resistance. Engage. Some people want to walk away from resistance, but if you're going to overcome resistance, you've got to engage it by having a heavenly perspective of what really is going on and what the real answer is. And in this case, it was dealing with the spiritual wickedness, burning it before it could be dealt with, before real change could be had. This, this word, again, I love this definition in the Greek, actually, for prevailed or overcame, refers to the Lord strengthening them with combative. This is like fight technique, okay? Combative, confrontive force to achieve he all, he, all he gives faith for. Facing necessary resistance that brings what the Lord defines is what? Success. It should be up there. Sorry, I thought it was up there the whole time. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's when you deal with resistance, you're actually setting yourself up for success. When you engage the resistance, you're setting yourself up for success. So now let's, let's move on for a second here. Let's jump into the, the core of what I want to talk about. I want to give you four points today, four challenges that you will face when change or resistance stands in your midst. Four challenges that you will face out of this passage of Scripture. Number one, the word challenge. Number one, the word challenge. Write this down. The word challenge. Every word spoken, every thought, every desire, every dream that you have as a starting point, whatever is the starting point for you, will always spawn a whole new set of challenges. So you have this idea. You're hanging out with your buddy, coffee shop. You're like dreaming about, oh, let's do this business together. It's going to be awesome. It's an, it could be a God thing. It could be uh, whether you believe it's God or not. It could be a, it could be a good thing. It could be part of your future. The moment you set in your, or the moment you settle it in yourself that you're going to do this is the moment you embrace a whole new set of challenges. It will spawn a whole new set of challenges. The word challenge. Let's go to Mark 4. Mark 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Let's stop there. Look at this. He said, who said? Okay, he said, Jesus said to them, who? The disciples let us cross over to the other side. Did he say, let us get into the boat? No, he said, let's cross over to the other side. He gave them the end, go the end game right away. Now, they may have not have picked that up, but he gave them the end game. Let us cross. When Jesus says something, doesn't matter what you believe about it or not, if he says it, the provision is held in context to what he said. The provision being, you will make it to the other side. Now, in, in the midst of the process, when the challenge and resistance comes, it's in that moment that you have to say, wait a minute, what did he say? Did he say, let's just get into the boat? Because if he did, it'd be a whole different ballgame. But he said, let us cross over to the other side. Now, let's stop there. That word, he said, that's a good phrase. It's a good phrase. It's actually a Greek word said something along the lines of legos, not logos, like the word of God, legos, like Lego. Lego. It could be Lego or Lego. Sorry, it's more like Lego. Lego, my ego. That's what I think of all the time. Lego. And, and listen to this. That phrase in the Greek for he said or he says, okay, listen to this. Write this down. means to lay down to sleep. To lay down to sleep. To, in other words, to, to take an argument and lay the argument to rest. In other words, when God says something, 
There is no, there is no, um, there is no room for you to begin to argue whether or not what he said is true or not. He's laid it to sleep. He said it, it's established, now it's asleep. It's laid to rest. It's that, that whole outage of laying an argument to rest. There's no, there's no argument to be had here. That's what it means. Interesting, isn't it? To lay down to sleep. It means to bring something to closure, moving something to a conclusion. He concluded, if he said it, he's concluded it will happen. We'll make it to the other side. But, see, your ability to manage your process in between point A and point B will, be, will determine what happens afterwards in your life. We always have two choices, to believe God or not believe God. Two choices. If you believe God, there's going to be a greater sense of reward, understanding of the nature of God. We don't believe God, well then we get another opportunity to take the test again in some other way. That's how, that's how it works, right? We fail a test, we do it again. When we pass a test, we graduate, right? We pass a test, we graduate. It's like that in the kingdom. It's like that in relationship with God. But we got to fight through intimidation. I had this dream. Uh, I'm sharing a lot of dreams. I've been having a very active dream life this last week and a half. But I had this dream on Thursday night of a spiritual mom of mine in the dream. And she stood there in my dream and she was encouraging me, and she's like, Sean, don't forget how you started. Don't forget, um, you know, how your, your whole passion and your, the whole purpose and your whole motivation to get to know God more. Part of that motivation was to really learn the communication of God, to learn how to recognize the voice of God. Don't, don't forget that. Like you, Sean, like you, 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 are, you are confident in this area, but don't forget to keep focusing on this area of recognizing the voice of God. Because that, you know, that whole area really, you guys, is... It really is the, the core, and outside of like embracing the, the gospel message, the whole area of learning to recognize the voice of God as a focus is, is what allows us to be led by the Spirit. If we don't recognize God in our life and His voice and His communication, we will never be able to walk the walk we're called to walk. Romans 8, 14 is very clear. Those that are led by the Spirit are what? The sons of God. So as a son, I, I, to be led by God, it literally is to recognize the voice of God in every moment, every area of your life. And she was just reminding me, remember what God said, and she was reminding me in the dream of the vision that I had in April. Now, in April of this past year, of this year, 2015, in April, I was driving on the highway, and I looked over at our building, and as I was driving onto the Blair exit, I could see our building, and I went into a vision while I was driving. And in this vision, I saw myself in the parking lot taking a picture of the our building here with our sign, Kingdom Culture, taking a picture, and I was posting it on Instagram. And I said these words, um, this building has served us well over the years. And I, a bunch of other stuff like thankful or whatever. I said, in the next season, looking forward, looking forward to advance. That was the word I used. In the next season, looking forward to advance. And I remember getting out of, coming out of this vision and coming here to the office and remember coming into the building not too long after and literally stepped into the green room. The moment I sat down in the green room with Joe, a UPS guy walked in, handed me a document, uh, a package, and in that package was a document that was the tenancy termination that said, we have to be out of this building October 31st. No coincidence, right? 
I had this vision. I'm like thanking God for the, the, how this building has served us well over the years, looking forward to advance in the next season. Called my wife. My wife, before I even told her the news, said, hey, God told me this morning we're going to have good news today. So right away, I was like, this is good news. Told her the, the, the story. And so we began the journey in April of preparing ourselves, remember this, to go mobile right? So I have this vision, and this spiritual mama mind in my dream is reminding me of this. And so let's continue on here. So we have the word challenge, always bringing us back to what did he say? Number two, second challenge is the leadership challenge. The leadership challenge. Mark 4, verse 36. It says this, now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Who? Jesus, they took him along in the boat. It's very important. You, you can get a word from God, but not allow him to be on your journey with you. What does that look like? It means to, you can let, you can, you can to get a word from God, but then say, okay, well, I get the word from God, but I'm not going to include you in the process. I'm not going to embrace what you're really doing in me in the process. In other words, I'm going to resist the real change you want to make in my life. But they invited Jesus into the boat. And the moment you give an invitation for Jesus to come into the boat of your life, which is really your life, surrendering your entire life to him, is the moment you allow him and you are you, you're really you're inviting him to make a public spectacle of you. What do I mean by that? Well, God... His whole, his heart for you is that you would represent him right. So Jesus comes into the boat, and uh, they don't know what's going to happen, but Jesus comes in their boat. And it says here, right after that, and all the other little boats were also with him. And when I first read that, like, years ago and discovered this one little part of that passage that I never noticed before, all the literal, all, and other little boats were also with him. I, th- I, thought, I thought about it to myself. I thought about, wow, this is like a leadership moment. Disciples have got all this training. They've got all what they, they, they got everything that they need inside of them to fight what they're going to fight up against in this next moment. They got it all. They have the teaching, the instruction from Jesus. Jesus is actually also with them in the boat, but there was other little boats that just kind of followed them as well because Jesus wanted to make an example out of his team, out of his people. Jesus wanted to make a test, create a testimony for the other people that would watch. How are these disciples that have spent so much time with Jesus going to react when the storm that's going to come hits? It's a leadership. It's a leadership challenge, a leadership moment. We will have these moments in our life, especially in seasons where we're called to advance. We will, we will have these, these moments, these, leader, these moments when we're called to advance. So we have the word challenge. We have the leadership challenge. Number three, we have the storm challenge. The storm challenge. This is where all of the insecurity, fear, unbelief, intimidation begins to come up. But now, okay, we got what we need. We have a word from God. Whether or not we believe it to be true or not, did he really say it? Let us cross over to the other side. Do we believe that if God's going to take us to it, he's going to take us through it? Because listen, guys, every time God takes you to something, it's so that he can take you through something. He doesn't take you to something, kind of just like leave you and kick you off the cliff and say bye, you know. That's not how it works. If he takes you to something, he'll take you through something. But it's up to us to begin to believe along the journey in the midst of the pain of the process that we begin to move towards our our purpose. And so the storm challenge, it says here in Mark 4, 37 to 40, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So now... 
the boat actually was being filled with water. Now, this is a boat maybe from here to, the, to, to, to this front row right here. It's not a big boat. I've been to Israel. I've seen the kind of boats they would have used. This is not a two-story boat. Jesus is in the middle sleeping by himself in his cozy little room with a sleeping bag, you know, candle. No, he's in the boat, and water is coming on top of Jesus. They're in a storm so bad that these trained, seasoned, rough, rugged fishermen are actually scared. Think about it for a second. Trained, seasoned fishermen. They've seen it all. They've come through other storms before. But they're so scared. And they're even so scared. They're scared even, even in a time when their leader is with them. You think of all times, they'd be all good. And Jesus is literally passed out, sleeping in the boat. It's, I'm painting a picture for you, verse 38. But he was in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a pillow. Now, interesting, isn't it? What did the phrase in the Greek when it says, he said, mean? To lay down to sleep. You, you following me now? You following me? In the beginning of this verse, when it says that Jesus said, he said, it means to lay an argument to rest, to lay down to sleep. Who is the word? Jesus. John 1.14 says, I am the word made flesh. Jesus was the word. The word was with them. Not only did the word direct them, the word was with them in the boat, in the process. You got to know this, that you may feel like you're in a storm right now, all these fears and securities and things coming up. But listen, the word that brought you to that process is still with you in the process. So Jesus, the words in the boat, actually, literally modeling what the word and the phrase actually means. The word is laying asleep. Why? Because in the kingdom, which is where Jesus lived from, there are not storms in the kingdom. There's peace. There's peace. We have storms here. But that's why we're called to live from heaven to earth, because in heaven there's perfect peace. Why? Because Ephesians 2 says we're seated with him who is the prince of peace in heavenly places. So Jesus, who's modeling the word, who's modeling this whole kingdom life, literally is demonstrating the word for his people, and they still don't get it. They still don't get it. It's the storm challenge. Are you going to believe in the storm, or are you going to jump ship because of fear for your life? What did he say? It says in verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind, because at this point they woke him up. They're like, don't you care that we're perishing? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace. What did, he, what did he do? What did he say? He simply released what he already had on the inside of him. Because you cannot give to any situation what you don't already have on the inside of you. You can't release what's not already inside of you to any situation. So if your perspective of God is that God's not a God of peace, then when storms come, you will not be able to appropriate peace into your, your situation. It won't work if you don't perceive God, because how you perceive God will determine how you receive him into every season of life. It says here in verse 39, then he rose, rooked the wind, and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, verse 40, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Let me paraphrase that for a moment. What he was really saying, how is it that I've called you? This is Mark 3 now. I'm just re rewinding. I called you to myself. I gave you power and authority to cast out devils, to, to, to heal the sick. I've taught you about the kingdom. I've been with you. You've seen me model some awesome things. I told you we're going to cross over to the other side. I laid that argument to rest. How is it possible that I, as me as your leader, I'm trying to be the example that you clearly don't see. I'm sleeping in the storm. How is it that after all of this, you're still so scared? You think I'm going to let you drown? You think I'm going to let your life be taken away? I'm the one who led you to it. So if I led you to it, I'll lead you through it. 
but they didn't get it. That word for fearful means cowardly. How are you so cowardly after all these things? You could have at least tried to do something with what you've had on the inside of you. But hey, whether or not it was right that you did it yourself or that you woke me up, I'm still going to have grace. I'm still a God of mercy, and I'll deal with it for you on your behalf. I'll deal with it for you on your behalf. But the whole time, I believe this. I believe that if the disciples could have stopped in the chaos of the storm, I picture this scenario of like walking into the center of a tornado where it's super calm, where it's super calm in the center. All the storms going on around you, and if they just remembered, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what did he say? Did he say, let's get into the boat and hang out, catch some fish? No. What did he say? He said, let us cross over to the other side. If they had remembered that in the moment, I believe it would have been a totally different situation for them. And the other little boats that were watching their leadership example would have grown. It would have, it, because this is the thing, you guys. Everything that you are facing right now and trying to conquer in your life is not just for you. It's for those that are watching you. Those little boats that are around you, hanging around in the waters of your, 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 your sphere and at your workplace and on your neighborhood and, and your family and those that are close to you. They're watching how you handle tough situations, how you handle the storms in your life. They're watching you. So your graduation, passing a test, actually helps other people graduate too. That's what leadership does. It multiplies itself. Leadership from the top down multiplies itself. So never think for one moment that you dealing with a situation is just about you. Just for you. It's for your kids. For your kids' kids. It's for your friends. Those that love you. They're watching you. How do you handle these tough situations? Tough circumstances? I read this awesome Instagram. Put it up there for a second. On uh, yesterday, actually. I think it was yesterday. I put that Instagram slide up there. Um, do you have it? And uh, there it is there. The inevitables of success. I love these. If you're a successful person in this room or you're on the road to success in some area that you feel like you don't have success in yet, expect these things. Number one, you'll feel pain. The inevitables of success. You will feel pain. You will cry before you get it. <laughs> Man, how many have had a lot of tears on their journey. You will lose friends. That's a true statement. You'll lose friends. I mean, I, I would say out of this, probably they weren't really real, real friends sometimes. I, 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 I struggle with that, uh, knowing are they really real if, you, if you, it's so easy to lose them. But number four, your family, and, your family will discourage you. People will hate you for no reason. That's a big one. If you're going to embrace leadership, you're going to embrace God making a public a spectacle of you and putting you in a boat, other little boats, people are going to hate you. There's no reason at all. They're just going to hate you. Jealousy, bitterness, whatever. They're going to hate you. You got to embrace that. You got to embrace the fact that people won't like you. I've settled in my, in my, in my heart a long time ago. I, I'm not trying to please everybody. I can't. I will fail every time. People won't like me. People will hate me. It's all good. I don't care anymore because I'm not living, I'm not living my entire life trying to please the masses. Okay? Six, you will almost talk yourself out of it hundreds of times. True. Is it really worth it? Oh, man, is this like, this is hard. Like, it's a storm. This challenge is hard. This challenge that's trying to change me right now is just not worth it. I don't know if it's worth it. I should talk myself out of it. You will doubt yourself thousands of times. You will think you're going crazy. You will de develop weird habits. I feel like I've developed a lot of weird habits. You'll develop weird habits, and you will lose money. But it will all be worth it. I love that. I love the end. Capitals. It will all be worth it. It will all be worth it. 
This is the challenge when you face storms in your life. All these things will come up. But listen, it's part of your process. The pain of your process becomes worth it when you can see your purpose in the midst of all of it. So I'm thinking back to this word that I had in, and, uh, in April. And, you know, we go to L.A. I'm getting all these words. I'm like having been dealing with this witch and all these things are happening. And I'm sensing this like fight coming up in the spirit, you know, and like things are going to change. I'm not really catching it though yet. The pieces aren't being put together yet. And I'm in L.A. and we have this amazing opportunity. We're prayed for on the stage. And it's a big, it's a big deal. And I'm like, God, this is awesome. I feel so, like, honored to, to receive this, this thing that happened when we were in L.A., Michelle and I. And then the next morning, because every, this is the thing, you guys. Whenever God gives you a word, you immediately get thrust into a season of contradiction. Every time. Contradiction is your friend. Because it's the very, because it, it, in contradiction, it's, it, it's it possessed with resistance. You, you, you're all of a sudden now resisted. And it's in that resistance that you will be changed for the better. So the morning after, I get a text from Young saying, guess what? We have to be out of our building by October 31st again. <laughs> so this is, this is the, the morning after all this stuff. And I'm like, at first I was like, I was a little frustrated. I was a little annoyed, you know, but then I remember getting ready that morning and thinking, man, this is, this is exactly what God's doing. And then I, I thought about it for a second. I thought about, wait a minute, God, like okay, in private parts. And I was thinking about this. If you were here for my message called the big bluff. Some of you, that was a bomb I just dropped. Let me just help you along, okay? So the Big Bluff, Private Part Series. And I talked about how uh, Abraham had this promise, and then God said to Abraham, I want you to give up your promise. Isaac, his son, his firstborn son, the son that he'd been waiting for for 100 years, he was, God said, give up your son. Didn't make any sense. And right before he was going to give it up, God gave the son back to her. God, God just wanted to see if Abraham was willing. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, I'm like, man, I, I, I missed it. I thought Isaac was this building here that we were we were going to be letting go of this building we had got our hearts ready to go mobile and we kind of saw who were the ones that were willing to journey on this building season with us and and you know and then God gave it back to us and but really if I look back to the word that I got in April and all the things that God began to speak to us in 2014 and 15 I'm thinking wait a minute no the whole time it was always 2015 I, in June, when I got a call that we were st could stay now till April, it, it was so random that I should have probably at that point just rejected it, but I didn't. So I'm thinking, God, I, I missed it. Isaac, the whole time, was this other venue that we had already locked down. Mobile church was the Isaac. We thought we were, we were going to, no, we don't need Isaac. We're not going mobile. But the whole time, Isaac was mobile, and God was always going to give it back to us, and that was always the plan. Now you're like, what is going on? You're like, wow, this is awesome, you guys. Listen, this is an exciting season. This is an exciting season. And, and I want to help you see the big picture. This is the season where you're going to be challenged to change. We as a house, if you're part of this house, are going to be challenged to change and transition. There will be resistance. Maybe in some of you, maybe in some of us, there will be resistance. But listen, this change is going to be so good for the greater, for the next step, the next step and the next part of this journey. It's going to be amazing, you guys. October 10th, Thanksgiving Sunday, will be our last Sunday in this venue. Our last Sunday in this venue, October 10th, Sunday. 
We're going to end it with our Thanksgiving outreach, giving our turkey giveaway. We help the community every year with Thanksgiving. That will be our last Sunday and our first Sunday in our new venue. Ready for this? will be October 18th. October 18th. And ready for this? We are going to be meeting. We're going west. Going west. <laughs> now, some of you are, are happy because you're in the west, and it's closer to you. But, you know, I want to, before I announce where we're going, I, I just want to say this to you, that our, our heart is not um, specifically an area of the city. Our heart is for the city. I know that we're going to have campuses around the city at some point. So whether we go west for a season and come back to the east or we go south or whatever, I believe at some point anyways, we're going to be in the east, we're going to be in the west, we're going to be in the south, we're going to be in the north of Ottawa because God's called us to Ottawa, not just one area of Ottawa. So just know this going forward that it's not like, hey, this is our new permanent location. No, we're not going to have a, we're going to, we might have like a home base permanent location, but we're going to have campuses around the city. So guess what? October 18th, we're moving to our new venue, venue and it's in Carleton University. Carleton University, and you can put this stuff on the screen there, the slide there, um, to give you the information. Uh, we're going to be meeting in the Kalish Metal Theater in the Seldom Hall in Carleton University. Now, one little quick thing before we shift to the end of this message here is I want, I want you to know this. Like, psychologically, many of you are thinking, well, it's going to a university. You know, this is my time to check out. You know, it's going to be a church full of young adults. You know, don't think that way. Because it's not about a geographical location. It's wherever the family of God moves, that's what it's about. Having the family together. It's not about age. It's not about the, 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 the market. Of, there's 27,000 students that go to Carleton University. Right? So, I mean, it's going to be a big shift for us, but it's going to be the best thing for us, you guys. And so I'm excited. You guys should be excited. There's obviously some variables with this. We're going to be uh, changing a few of the, some part of the flow in the next season to get prepared to transition. It's only a month and a half away. And, uh, you know, we want to encourage you guys, get involved. Every, get involved in this next season. Get involved. The Wednesday nights are going to be so crucial. We got to get rid of stuff here. We got to raise capital. I mean, it's going to be a big deal. In, in four, five weeks, we're going to be doing a vision weekend talking about the details of everything that's going on. And we're going to be needing to raise a lot of money to go mobile, you guys. We got to buy a truck. We got to buy um, a trailer. We got to buy a whack load of stuff to go mobile. We're not set up to go mobile. So we need you guys with us in this season to believe with us. It's going to be a miracle. Some of it won't make sense. Some of it will be full of resistance. But guess what? Through resistance, what happens? Transformation. Change happens. My last point, my last point, number four, is the never forget challenge. The never forget challenge. Mark 4, verse 41, and they feared exceedingly. This is right after Jesus rebuked the winds. And they feared. Who did? The disciples. They feared exceedingly. This is a different kind of fear. It went from a cowardly fear to a reverential fear of God. The difference. It's actually two different words, actually, in the Greek. It went from a cowardly fear when they were in the storm. I'm going to die. God, don't, you, don't you care that we're perishing? It went from that kind of fear. As soon as they saw the evidence of their leader deal with the issue, all of a sudden it went from bad fear to good fear. All of a sudden, wow, respect, men. Respect. Respect. They feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Even the wind and the sea will obey him. I want you to stand up with me really quick.
One of the greatest challenges that you will always have in life is this never forget challenge. If God did it before and pulled you out of a mess, he'll do it again. If God's been faithful to us, to you in the last season in this facility, he's been faithful. Has it been hard at times? Absolutely. If God's been faithful that one time before or the many times before, he'll be faithful in the unknowns and in the uncertainty in the future. It's the never forget challenge. It's this, the challenges that truly change us. And in this whole process, we always got to remember, what did God say? We always got to remember our starting point. We always got to remember, okay, did God promise that we'll cross over to the other side and we'll make it? Yes, then guess what? I can, I can be confident and never forget that if he did it back then, he'll do it again. Close your eyes just for a few moments here as we pray. Maybe you feel like you resonate with the season that this church is about to enter into. Maybe as an individual, maybe you don't believe in Jesus yet. You don't, you don't even let him into your life, but you feel like you resonate with the fight that you've been having in the last season. Maybe it's relationally, maybe it's with your career, maybe it's with certain areas or components of your life. You feel like there's a fight. And you feel like you can resonate with this resistance thing. And just know this, that success is always on the other side. And oftentimes you're one mindset away from breaking through to the other side. You just don't even know it yet. That's why the, the majority of the battle is in the mind. The majority of the battle is, is the mental preparation. It's not necessarily you fighting and, and pushing doors down. It's, it's God... Give me the right frame of mind. Help me to see right. Help me to perceive right. If I can perceive right, I can receive right from you in this, this moment. But for those of you in this room that are feeling resistance right now, and you just need a little bit of encouragement, I believe right now in this moment, God is going to not only remind you that he will get you through it because he brought you to it, but he's going to, I believe this, strengthen you right now to give you what you need to keep on going. Because pain always has a purpose. I'm not saying that God gives you pain. Theologically, I don't believe that. But there are things that, as a result of life, that are allowed to happen, that happen, that God can redeem and take and, and make good. Because He's a good God. So if you feel like you relate at any level to this, just if you feel comfortable right now for a few more moments, just raise your hands, and I'm going to pray for you. And God's going to do something in you. He's going to strengthen you right now. He's going to shift the way that you see your situation. And so God, right now, I thank you that in this moment, you're bringing clarity and strength. Come on, just receive that right now. Open up your heart right now. God, we thank you and we celebrate right now the resistance that we're facing because that means we're moving forward. Resistance means we're pushing forward. Resistance means we're people of vision. Resistance means that God's going to, you're going to change and transform us. You're faithful, God. You're faithful. And I pray right now that you strengthen us, God, right now. Strengthen us, strengthen us, strengthen us, strengthen us, strengthen us right now in Jesus' name. Now, <clears throat> I, be I, I, I believe this with all my heart. You're going to leave today, and you're going to start seeing your situations, the, the, the things that God's been trying to get your attention on for a long time that you've been resisting. 
And the, like, once again, the way you can tell that is through time. How long has it taken you to make decisions to change? Usually that's a sign that you've been resisting. You're going to begin to see those areas of your life. You're going to begin to see them. God's going to allow you to pinpoint those areas. Make sure you don't let the word just fall on bad soil when you leave, leave this building and you let it come in one year or the other. Make sure you say, okay, God, like it's time to do some evaluation because I want to begin to water these seeds. I want to begin to steward this. I want to begin to actually just address it and go after it. I got one life to live. Why am I wasting so much time resisting the change that God was trying to bring into my life? You're going to leave. You're going to think differently. I'm telling you, you're going to think differently about change. You're going to think different about challenge. But the greatest thing in life that we often resist is the starting point of letting God into our life, letting Jesus into our life. Maybe there's a hardness of heart. There's a stubbornness. There's often a pride that says, you know what? I don't need God. I don't need, I can do this on myself. Well, most of the time when we live like that, we find out very quickly that life gets really hard when we don't have somebody helping us. And, and God allows situations to come our way where we realize our need for Him. And that's, and it's good because if we don't realize our need for God, we'll never, we'll never open ourselves to God. And so you don't want things to have to get hard in your life for you to realize that you need God. But that's what will happen. That's what will happen if we keep resisting God's knock on our door, the door of our hearts. Wow. I really hope that that impacted you, that that ministered to you. I know that it was a little bit of a longer message, but my prayer is that in this season, you would embrace the change, that you would embrace what's coming at you so that what's inside of you can change and be transformed. My prayer for all those that are watching up there, maybe it's your first time with us. We want to welcome you. Maybe it's your second, third time, fourth time, hundredth time, thousandth time, whatever the case may be. If you have never said yes to Jesus, I want to give you an invitation. I want to give you an opportunity. It says in Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be transformed from the inside out. The Bible says you will be saved. It's not the end. It's just the beginning. When you open up your life to Jesus, it's just the beginning of a lifelong relationship where you've opened up your life. Life and full surrender to him, letting him lead you every step of the way. My prayer is that you would find friendship with God in this season. What better season than when the world is in chaos to find the one who is stable in the midst of instability to find the one who is the most stable person you will ever meet in your life. And his name is Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to open up your life. He died to change the game for your life. He rose again to give you new life. He's forgiven you past, present, and future. And the good news is all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is receive it. So I want to invite you today, if that's you, and you want to let Jesus into your life, just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God. I receive your forgiveness. I'm saying yes to you today. I'm inviting you into my process so that I can be changed from the inside out in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that, I want to encourage you, email the email on the screen, prayer at kingdomculture.ca. We would love to partner with you along your new journey. Thank you for tuning in, Kingdom Culture. We love you. We miss you. And we will see you next time.